0: So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. This episode of the Love Food Podcast is brought to you by Green Mountain at Fox Run, the pioneering women's retreat to help you find peace with food, fitness, and your body. Green Mountain is excited to announce a one time opportunity to first time guests, an all new Taste of Green Mountain weekend program. Participants will be introduced to key strategies to learn to eat, move, feel, and live in the moment. To hashtag BeHerNow, visit fitwoman.com forward slash love food for more information. Say goodbye to the Food Police and hello to peace. Hi, and welcome to episode 58 of the Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and food peace promoter. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. If you are someone who can identify with having a complicated relationship with food or your body, I bet you can relate to the feelings of shame, um, isolation, and just feeling like a weirdo because going out to eat or um, feeling okay in your skin, it, 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 those are just not normal for you. And, you know, I feel like that is a unifying common experience for anyone who struggles with their relationship with food in their body. I, I want you to know that's a very normal experience. And I got a letter from someone today who says he is feeling really abnormal because of his relationship with food. And did you catch that pronoun? I said he. He. I've gotten a bunch of letters from guys, and I think it's about time that I actually read one of them. And I think it's really important for us um, to realize that it's not just women who struggle with body hate and feeling it die at diet rock bottom. It can happen to anyone. Like, no one is um, able to be free from this, no matter where you are, and no matter what lock- walk of life that you may be experiencing or what kind of body you're living in. Anybody can experience this. So this letter writer is asking for help and resources and just coming up empty-handed because all the resources he's finding are really for women. And so I um, found this to be a really important letter to read, and I found someone who specializes in working with binge eating disorder and other eating disorders with men. And so I think you're going to find this letter today very um, engaging, and I think you'll relate to it whether you're a man or a woman, and I think you'll find the resources really helpful. So let's go ahead and hear this episode's letter. Dear food, you affect every part of my life. I remember being made to sign a contract when I was 10 years old, committing to lose a pound a week. My earliest memories of being put on diets go back to when I was eight. After decades of dieting and exercising, I found myself struggling with severe binge eating disorder. I began seeing a psychologist who specializes in eating disorders and a dietitian who subscribes to the health at every size and intuitive eating schools of thought. It has taken me 10 years of working with them every week to get the binge eating disorder under control. I have also learned to accept that my weight is not going to change, and I have recently let go of the goal of losing weight. Now, I try to focus on healthy, physical activity and making peace with food. These improvements have given me a new sense of freedom. All the same, I still feel horrible about the way I look. I cringe when I catch my reflection in a pane glass window walking down the street. I fixate on the seemingly endless stream of movies, TV shows, and images on the internet making fun of people in large bodies. Every time I walk into a room, I wonder what prejudice I will have to overcome. I am happily married to a woman who loves me the way I am, and I have been very successful in a career I enjoy. This should be enough, but it bothers me to be so large. Worse, I'm ashamed that it bothers me. As a man, our society tells me I'm not supposed to care about my body shape. Talk about mixed messages. I'm told I'm bad for being fat, and I'm told I'm too sensitive for feeling bad about being fat. Many body-positive books, websites, and other resources address only the struggles women have with body image. This exclusive focus on women reinforces the shame I feel as a man about obsessing over my size. I appreciate that a higher number of women are affected by weight stigma, Than men, and that prejudice against them kicks in at a lower weight than for men. It's terrible how they are mistreated. The fact that they are so badly mistreated, however, does not make things any easier for me. My pain is my pain, and it's real too. Lately, I have found a few books and websites focused on men, but they seem to address the very specific cases of gay men with anorexia and hetero men who obsess over bodybuilding. I'm sure these men have it rough too, and I'm glad someone is trying to help them. I just can't find resources that aim to help fat men. I try to make use of existing material for women and these groups of men by focusing on the similarities of our experiences instead of the differences. We all are human after all. But I can't shake the feeling that I'm an outsider in a group of outsiders, and some of the language is decidedly exclusionary. The bottom line is that I hate being this this size and I can't find relief. The irony is that I am accepting of other people who are big and I would never want them to feel the way I feel. I just can't seem to apply the same compassion to myself. The truth is, food, I wish I could never eat you again. How can I let go of this body hate? Or at least the embarrassment over having body hate as a man. Sincerely, all alone in this struggle and hurting. Before we explore this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Green Mountain at Fox Run, the pioneering women's retreat to help you find peace with food, fitness, and your body in Ludlow, Vermont. For over 40 years, Green Mountain has developed sustainable non-diet strategies for women who struggle with weight, emotional and binge eating, and feelings of food addiction, Last year, Green Mountain opened its Women's Center for Binge and Emotional Eating, the only clinical program in the nation dedicated solely to women suffering with binge eating disorder and emotional eating. Ready to set yourself free from dieting and restrictions, untruths, and fads? Visit fitwoman.com forward slash lovefood for more information about Green Mountain at Fox Run and the Women's Center for Binge and Emotional Eating. A life free of weight, eating, and body struggles is closer than you think. Visit fitwoman.com forward slash love food for more information. Thank you so much, letter writer, for your letter and bringing up some very important concerns to this podcast. You know, you sign your letter as someone who is alone in this struggle. And, you know, I've had the privilege of working with many people um, over the last few decades with eating disorders and just feeling like they have a complicated relationship with food. Many of them are women, and I've worked with a very good portion of men as well. So I want to let you know, I know for a fact you're not all alone, but I also appreciate you feel you're alone. So we definitely need to honor that. You explore something really interesting in your letter you know, and, and something that I've been able to discern over the years working with those affected by eating disorders is whether someone's binge eating or affected by anorexia or bulimia or just experiencing body hate. And, and with, the, with that word, just, I want to put quotes around it because that's still a really, really big thing because all of those experiences harbor so much shame, way more shame than people without these experiences. For some reason, there's just so much shame when someone experiences this way of relating to food. And what I have found working with men is not only experiencing that shame, but there's this like extra layer of shame. And, you know, I really want to help find some solutions for you, letter writer. Yet I also appreciate I'm limited in what I can provide. I do walk this earth in a woman's body. So what I want to do is call a colleague. His name is Andrew Wallen. And he is someone who's really well known for his work with eating disorders as affected by men. And he's the owner of Body Image Health and also president of the Eating Disorders Association called National Association of Males with Eating Disorders. So I know he's gonna have some different insight and resources and let's go ahead and give him a call. Hi, Andrew. This is Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you?
1: Well, how are you?
0: I am doing pretty well, too. I'm so glad you're going to be helping me out with this letter. Did you get a chance to read it yet? I did. Awesome. Well, are you ready to chat about it? Let's talk. <laughs> well, I've, I've heard through the grapevine that you are doing a lot of work with men and in, in binge eating disorder. And, you know, I think for all of us that work with eating disorders are used to working with men in some degree, but you know, like this letter writer points out, you know, this podcast is probably speaking to more women than men. And I don't know if it was intentional or not, but he's got a good point. You know, I think that um, a lot of the resources out there are lacking. And so what do you feel like from your point of view and with your experience, what do you feel is like, what's what's your impression of what, what's going on with with this guy?
1: Well, what's typical in males who have body image dis- you know, disturbances, they are typically struggling with, uh, the waist up, you know, it's, it's, uh, the fixation is on musculature and how do I see the muscles that I wish I had? If we look at, um, pretty much most, uh, well-known male actors and, uh, who do we have? We have Matthew McConaughey, we have Channing Tatum, we've got, uh, uh, who's who's the uh, the guy from Australia who's in everything like Gladiator and and Russell. what have you? Oh, Russell, Russell Crowe. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know, you get these guys and there are these beefcakes and they're, you know, they're built like Thor. And that's that is the male ideal. And so guys who unlike uh, you know, most women, you know, 50 percent of guys wish they were bigger as well as 50 percent wish they were smaller. So body image looks very, very different in in a male. Um, And so what often happens is, you know, where you've got this health at every size model that this writer is talking about, that he's taken weight off uh, out of the equation for recovery and is just learning to live with his body. Okay, that's great. The behaviors are being more appropriately thought of, but also where's the voice of normalizing a larger body or a body that doesn't conform to the way these stars are are portrayed Um, or the magazines, you know, show us what men should look like. Hmm. So, and and why is that? Because men are supposed to be tough. We're supposed to be, uh, you know, rock solid. We're supposed to be emotionless. We're supposed to be uh, dominant. And so these you know, hardcore male traits uh, are often getting in the way. And one of those traits is I can't appear to be like a woman. If I'm soft physically or emotionally, I'm like a woman, and somehow that is bad. That's something that is stereotyped, and we just are going along with it. And it's 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 uh, makes any kind of mental illness, let alone eating disorders and body image issues. So, so uh, offensive, you know, it's so stigmatizing uh, that guys are not in any significant number coming out and saying, yeah, it's okay." You know, there's a few. There's uh, Bruce Sturgill, who is uh, uh, goes and and talks about this in in Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram. And and he's a fashion guru. Uh, For guys living in bigger bodies, Um, you know, there's a a couple of of male models who are now, you know, being signed as sort of the plus size male models. But it's just it's few and far between. You think about where, you know, the the body positive movement has been for women. And the uh, reality is that's just coming of age. And guys in the eating disorders world are about 20 years behind. Mm -hmm. So we got so far to go to catch up just to normalize the experience, let alone even get research dollars. Less than 7% of research studies, when you do a a search on PubMed, uh, less than 7% uh, of research studies even involve men. So if we're not even researching it, there's no way that we're treating it right, that we're understanding it correctly, uh, that we're, you know, that we're getting uh, any real insight on on the male experience of body image and eating disorders. We've got a long way to go. Mm.
0: Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, the thing that I think I've been aware of, or it's been brought to my attention probably by... Um, some clients that I'm really thankful for is how the how shame is a part of eating disorders. And when a, a man is experiencing it, how there's like this extra layer because of that connection to women like you describe. So um, and you know, it's
1: connection to women and it's connection to somehow it's wrong if I'm uh, a gay. Right. So yes. like that's this combination. And what's interesting is the research that is out there states about eighty-five percent of those who are struggling with body image and eating disorder behaviors are heterosexual males. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. your average, your average male. So this eighty-five percent.
0: So this guy who's writing this is more typical than the outlier, even though he's Absolutely. not finding he's not finding people to identify with like a, a similar kind of experience. But he's from the little research that we have. Well, I, I appreciate how you. Um, went through that and how that all connects because that helps me to better understand. And I know it's going to help me better, um, serve any client that I work with. Um, and so, you know, putting this all in consideration then, you know, what, what have you found in your, you know, in your work, your experience, or, you know, and anything have you found in your research that will help, you know, are there any like first few steps that this, this guy could take to, um, move past some of this body hate that he's describing?
1: I think the first thing all of us have to do is normalize the experience that we are in a society that drives us to be, uh, self-loathing because we don't measure up. Uh, we don't measure up by getting enough likes on Facebook, uh, enough followers on Twitter, um, that we are constantly comparing ourselves to the, to those around us. And, uh, this is not just a, a phenomenon of teenagers. This is a phenomenon of adults as well. Uh, the drive to fit in and be appreciated is an ongoing struggle that we're all, we're all going through. Um, now the fact that what, and i really want to emphasize all so that guys have to be willing to come out and say, I am struggling too. We have to find that courage to step out of the shadows and simply admit to the issue. If they can admit to the issue, then perhaps we're going to go in the right direction of bringing more men to the table. Creating this tribe is what I talk about, is that we have to create a tribe of men who are willing to be brave and unite with each other and share their stories of both struggle and success. And to normalize it so that more people come out and more people come out. And when, in all honesty, when does it really start to change? Is when people realize that there's, I hate to say this, money involved in treating this population. That's when the research dollars come in. We dig more into the underlying issues. We start to see, uh, you know, more therapists specializing in this. Uh, We get better treatment and then more people coming out and we start to really get a groundswell. But it starts with first and foremost, you gotta find your inner courage and talk.
0: Mm, Okay, okay. So it's gonna take more to to kind of get the conversation going. So there's gonna be some, you know, first really really brave people to step forward and be the first um, to really admit that this is a struggle. And that's what you're saying. Like once people come forward more and more, then it'll start to shift as. Yeah, we need to actually research this.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we have to research it. We have to treat it appropriately, and then we're going to open up more centers. For instance, if you try to get treatment for binge eating disorder, there's like one or two places in the whole country for residential treatment for binge eating disorder, uh, compared to the you know the hundreds that are out there for anorexia and bulimia. Now we start taking on even a different trait. Uh, not only are we then going to see more treatment centers come up for binge eating disorder, but then we also have to have more treatment that treatment centers that specialize in men. Mm -hmm. If you actually try and find a residential or inpatient program that specifically treats men in a group, there's one in the whole country, Mm -hmm. which means there's one in the whole world. That is an absolute mistake because when you start looking at body image, and eating disorder behaviors in the literature, and you start to realize it's not going to look exactly like it does in women. It's going to look uniquely different with a male perspective that men are almost equal numbers of those suffering and struggling with an eating disorder as women. The numbers are really close, but there's nothing, there's nothing, you know, in terms of what we need statistically out there.
0: Yeah. Well, that brings up a good point because this letter writer, Um, although his experience is really typical, but his treatment is probably atypical then because he's been working for a decade, it said. Um, so that in itself makes him unique, but that brings up something and maybe it's more personal for me, but what I'm starting to think about is all the men I've worked with and like, huh, I wonder if I missed the mark somewhere, which I'm sure, you know, that happens. So is there any insight you could give someone, um, like me, a provider or someone who is a family member or friend, is there anything that we can do to help a man that maybe looks a little different or does it not?
1: I I would say first and foremost, uh, those who are struggling, how do we even identify those who are struggling and the way eating disorders look differently in men and the way guys talk differently about it um, has to be addressed. So let's say, you know, again, Instead of talking, guys are not going to talk about, I hate my body. Uh, they're going to say, uh, I don't like. They're not going to be as demonstrative or, or overvaluing in their language, because that's not the language men typically use. Uh, they don't say, uh, you know, I, I, um, I, I wish I had a thigh gap. <laughs> they're not going to say, I wish my, my butt was smaller. Um, they're, they're, again, what are they focused on? They're focused on muscularity and strength and dominance. And when guys are starting to talk about things in you know, less demonstrative way, but about these issues, that's probably a warning sign that somebody is struggling. Um, the comorbidity of substance abuse, particularly alcohol, in, in dealing with this sense of I don't like myself or I'm struggling with body image, uh, or, you know, needing to feel, you know, uh, more relaxed, um, because I'm so stressed out about what I'm, you know, my body image and my, my body itself. Look for these additional signs, uh, because it's, it's not as clear and apparent as just their body's bigger or smaller. Hmm. Uh, it's also, again, the language is also more subtle and it's less specific about, um, a body part and sort of an overall sense of being, uh, I wish I were more busco. I wish I was stronger. I wish I was it because guys don't have the language of emotions typically taught at an early age, as well as, uh, women do. Um, it's important to, to take note that they are not going to say what's on their mind. Mm. Um, so it's uh, it's going to take some teasing out and some education. Uh, so giving them good resources is, uh, I think, the next step.
0: Well, so you're giving me a lot to think about, Andrew, because i I'm, uh, you know, I, I've been an eating disorder provider. Uh, you know, I've been working in prevention and treatment for almost twenty years now, and I, it's something that I'm thinking about as this like catalog of past people I've worked with, and that's what you're pointing out about the the language even being different i'm like wow i totally miss that because whenever yeah. i would sit in front of boys and men hearing about their body image and there would just be this sort of like eh, i don't really like this or i just wish i was that i tended to use that as a uh i kind of filtered it as well then it's not as big of a deal because i was used to the language of females that i was working with which is so extreme so right. um So once we're able to identify better, then we can use all the tools and skills that we've gathered to help with eating disorders. And then hopefully, through research, we can find out what else we can do.
1: Exactly. It's something as simple as as A, normalizing, B, giving them some good instruction, some good educational resources, specific coping skills, which may include learning how to communicate better, learning how to communicate uh, their emotional experience learn how to sit with their stuff rather than go to fix it. Cause what a guy's first, you know, they just want to fix it and be done. You know, the, the rates of, of men uh, with anorexia, for instance, when they go inpatient, they discharge so much faster than women uh, because they're going to, I'm going to eat what I need to eat and get out of here and not do the emotional work. Mm. And as a result, they are also quicker to relapse and quicker to, for the the eating disorder to become significantly worse because they don't want to admit to the failure of the relapse. So they also die at higher rates Mm. with anorexia. So uh, on top of it, they're usually extremely sick before they even get treatment to begin with. Uh, And that's true with binge eating disorder as well.
0: Wow. You know, um, everything you're saying, I'm like, yes, the the men I've worked with, that's exactly what they were telling me you know, how much longer it took for them to find treatment, how much sicker they were. And, you know, you right. mentioned uh, resources and on this podcast, we have something called a food piece syllabus. If you're new to the show, it's a listing of uh, books and uh, other podcasts, resources that will further help cultivate your relationship with food. And I'm wondering, Andrew, if you have some resources that you would like to share for this letter writer and anyone who can identify with what he's experiencing.
1: Absolutely. So first off, Uh, I'm the president of the National Association for Males with Eating Disorders, and this is an organization whose mission is to educate. We're not a treatment finder, but our job is to help educate the public and be a a one stop shop for all the latest research, uh, articles, uh, we put out our own content, uh, and what have you. So this is a great place to learn the basics and the nuances of males with eating disorders, you can find us at www.namedinc.org. So that's N-A-M-E-D-I-N-C.org. And there's also, I think, a few books that would be particularly pertinent uh, for, uh, for instance, this writer, uh, especially um, uh, just tuning my own horn for a second. Um, So I wrote a book called Man Up to Eating Disorders. And it's a a book for particularly for those who are struggling uh, with body image and eating disorder behaviors, uh, more like binge eating disorder. Um, But any man who is or boy who has struggled with uh, these issues would probably be able to relate. Uh, There's another good book out there by Brian Cuban called Shattered Image, uh, where he talks about his struggle with both uh, eating disorders, particularly bulimia and substance abuse. And then there's another really good book by Ron Saxon, which is, I think, the first book by a man talking about binge eating disorder. And the name of his book is called The Good Eater. Uh, So these are all, I think, good books to help normalize the experience of of a male with binge eating disorder or any struggle with body image or eating disorders in general.
0: Awesome, you know, I haven't read any of those. I need to do that. I need to get on. This is my reading list for the next quarter, I think. Um, right on. Well, thank you, Andrew, so much for your time, your resources. Um, you know, this letter writer, I think you're going to provide him some insight. And, um, you know, the thing that's really cool about his letter is whenever I get a letter from someone, there's all these other people who notify us that They're like, oh, my gosh, I totally am experiencing the same thing. So I know you're going to help a lot of other people, too. So thank you so much for your time and your resources and your expertise.
1: You're very, very welcome. Thank you for having me on.
0: Right. Take care. Wow. I am so appreciative of Andrew Wallen's time here and his voice to this experience. And letter writer. I hope it gave you some starting points. I know for me, as a provider, your letter and Andrew's time... um, you know, giving us some insight has helped me to really examine what I do as a provider. And I think, you know, the two of you stepping forward and um, discussing this has already probably helped people that I will interact with in the future. So I'm forever grateful. So I want to say thank you for that. And I see food has written back. So before we get to what food has to say, letter writer, I would love to hear your reaction to this show. I would love to hear your experiences and keep us posted. You know, we're rooting for you. And I hope you can appreciate that you're not alone in this. There are a lot of people and there are a lot of men who are experiencing the same exact thing. Take care. Dear All Alone in the Struggle and Hurting. Our relationship has had its ups and downs and twists and turns over the years. You have dug deep to uncover your shame and trusted the healing process. We hope you continue to walk towards your truth. We appreciate how isolating your struggles appear and please know you are not alone. Because there is strength in numbers, continue to do your brave work to uncover your experiences struggling with body hate. Every time you examine a new truth and share your story, you will break shame's mighty power. For you and others listening, the world desperately needs you and your voice. Love, Love. food. Do you have a complicated relationship with food and want to change? I want to help. Send your Dear Food letter to... Love food podcast at gmail.com I hope to read about your experiences soon thank you for listening I am Julie Duffy Dillon and this is the love food series have you enjoyed the show or would you like to give me feedback I welcome your thoughts please give a review in iTunes and subscribe this type of kindness helps the show continue you can also tweet me at EatingPermitRG. take care